0: Football talk like you've never heard before. The pinky finger goes up the nose Ugh. from the tailgates.
1: He is a terrible tipper and a terrible human. To the touchdowns. Going to the corner. He's got it. We have everything covered. Place
0: at the table.
1: <laughs> Here are your hosts, Patrick Maher and Andy Staples. his squad is in the house. This place at the table. College football week six preview. My name's Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles And you know what, before we, why don't we do this We're gonna head out to Gainesville The birthplace of Tom Petty And the home of one Andy Staples Hi Andy What's up? Playing a little Petty for you I know yeah. it's to pour one out It's awful, just an awful week, tragic week As the week started off and But he is from where you live He's from Gainesville That's right shout to Gainesville who else is from Gainesville give me another famous person besides yourself from Gainesville
0: R- River Phoenix
1: wait then that would mean the rest of the Phoenix crew was from there well
0: they they lived yeah they they lived there for a time I think rivers most of his formative years were in Gainesville
1: you picked River instead of Joaquin like you
0: just went with a Phoenix sibling. I don't know i mean it's weird joaquin doesn't get associated with it as much i don't know why that is weird but yes i'm assuming he lives lived here too
1: all right well listen we are back with the week six preview here on place at the table podcast you can find us download hit up the subscription button leave a comment on itunes it is i mean so as we get into this week you know what i do want to start with something i want to start with your twitter feed <laughs>
0: for me i'm a man i'm andy he's andy
1: and the childish nature of social media can get us all at times but the the thing is andy pones people on twitter Mm -hmm. at andy underscore staples what did i do this week he doesn't let people get into his feelings which i like but you're not above scrapping with people a little bit and trying to outwit them i i i noticed it was really just came down to one little fight I saw you having with a particular individual. came came down to just basically regional programming. You're talking about one region too much as opposed to the rest ah, of the country. Oh, that guy, yes, yes. It yes. was it was it was a nice little battle between the two of you. Yes, he TKO was mad. in the third round by Andy Staples. Yeah, by the he, way,
0: yeah, he was mad because we had spent on my Sunday morning show on on ESPN U Radio on Sirius XM. We had spent most of the time talking about the Tennessee situation and the LSU situation because that's what people wanted to talk about. But he was an Oregon fan, and he wanted us to talk more about West Coast teams. And I, I explained to him, had USC Washington State been played on Saturday night instead of Friday night, it's the only thing we would have talked about. But we had shows on Saturday morning, and that was all they talked about.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, you won. I, I always, I, in, I always enjoy at well, Staples.
0: And and the guy was trying to tell me, oh, you'll have more listeners. And uh, no, no, no. I, I, under, oh, he's I, a programmer. I, I see what makes things light up. And talking about Tennessee and LSU on on Sunday made things light up because those people are full of angst. People who are full of angst are engaged on the radio.
1: Yeah. Hey, can we mix it up a little bit? I want to start with something a little off. How about we rank the college rivalries? Okay, sure. because obviously we have uh, Michigan, Michigan State this weekend. But as I was I was driving in today, I was like, you know what? I want to get Andy's take on the college rivalries. So why don't we start right there with Michi- Michigan, Michigan State. It's not Michigan, Ohio State, obviously. Right. Um, but Which, gr- go which ahead. makes Michigan State people so mad. I mean, well, it, growing up in Michigan, it, that was the little brother. Okay, that was the whole thing. It was Michigan State was the little brother. And there was, uh, there was a, a difference in, how do you say, not sophistication or anything like that, but it just took a little bit more to get into Ann Arbor and Michigan than it did to go right. to East Lansing and get hammered, basically.
0: Well, and, and it's interesting because it, I understand the dynamics of it. Like, So Michigan State views them as the biggest rival, and I know you're not a movie guy, Uh-oh. but it's sort of like the Lego Batman movie where the Joker is trying to tell Batman that, that he's his biggest arch en- or he's his arch enemy. And Batman's like, eh, not really. Did you I, say I the Lego like Batman movie? I have an eight year old in this. I've seen that movie 250 times. How dare you say, I know you're not
1: a movie guy and roll your eyes. And when talking about Legos, okay, you didn't say good oh, fellas. No,
0: no. Lego Batman is awesome. Like it should have won every Oscar. It's a great movie. <laughs> says says a thirty nine year old dad. No, it's no, but it but it's it's sort of the same thing. Michigan State wants Michigan to feel the same way about Michigan State that Michigan State feels about Michigan, but Michigan does just does not feel that way. It's you know it's Ohio State. They you know what are it is going to care about Ohio State, and that is going to be their rival. And yeah, the Michigan State thing. And, and now it's interesting because Michigan State dominated that series for you know recent history but i don't think it's changed the way michigan people feel
1: you know what it really is it's this come after me i'm a man i'm andy it's like this You're michigan and your twitter followers that try to troll you are michigan state they want you to be just as engaged and just as frustrated right. but they can't quite get there because you're andy
0: well it's not because i'm andy you're it's michigan just I, I just don't care that much yeah yeah, is, and that's Michigan. Is, that's Michigan. That's yeah. true.
1: Good point. That's Michigan compared to Michigan. Okay, so here's what. There's I'm There's
0: a lot of high school to that, by the way. What to what to to that mindset where you want you want the girl to notice you of to know you're, you're there that sort of thing. Place at the table. What? What? I'm gonna just
1: throw out a rivalry, and then you give me your first thought, like maybe okay. overrated, underrated, or something that stands out. Okay. All right. Okay, why don't we go... How about just USC-Notre Dame?
0: I just think that's a great historical rivalry, especially when you know why it, it happened. You know, Notre Dame basically blackballed from the, the schools in the Midwest and had to go east and west to find opponents, and it's just great historical college football rivalry. How about this one? I, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts. Army-Navy. Oh, it's awesome. It's just so cool to watch. I still haven't gotten to go to one in person, which I'm hoping to remedy soon.
1: I've heard the, the, I've heard there's nothing like the in-game experience at Army Navy.
0: Oh, it looks it looks amazing. Yeah, It looks amazing. There was a weird survey a few years ago that decided that the territorial cup between Arizona and Arizona State was the nation's most intense rivalry. To which I said, and I made a lot of. Arizona State and Arizona fans mad when I said this, but no one's ever poisoned a cactus because of a result of that game. Right. So it can't possibly be, be even close to the most intense rivalry.
1: Which we'll get to. How about, how about a big old cocktail party, Georgia-Florida?
0: Not what it used to be. Now, it, it's interesting because it's a streaky rivalry. So for the first, what, 60 years, basically it existed for Georgia to just crush Florida's soul. Mm-hmm. like rip Florida's heart out of its chest and show it to it while it was beating. That's what it culminated in, in 1980 with, with the buck Baluda, Lindsay Scott play. Uh, but then once Spurrier got to Florida, Florida has absolutely dominated that rivalry. You know, the, the fact that you can remember all the games Georgia won yeah. since 1990 tells you how few games Georgia's won in that rivalry since 1990.
1: How about Oklahoma, Texas?
0: I like it a lot. And, and, that's one of those, you know, we always talk about throw up the record books when the rivals. Usually that's not true, but in in the last few years it's been entirely true cuz Oklahoma has been the far superior program but 2 and 2 against Texas in the last 4 years. Like that really is one of those games where because it's a rivalry anything can happen. You
1: knew I had to throw the Palmetto bowl in uh, of Clemson course. South Carolina and, <laughs> and by the way I didn't know anything but the Midwest and I didn't know anything but Michigan Ohio State but when I did go down to Columbia and, and those schools are close together and you know it's high school football it's baseball and it's college football and that's all that matters I I, I it was an experience that was pretty incredible the amount of hatred between the two of them
0: and you were there during what usually happens, which is Clemson just dominates South Carolina. However, Spurrier had what? A five game? Five in a row. Five in a row. Which I never thought would happen and and it was so weird to watch the South Carolina fans lord it over the Clemson fans like it was, it was crazy, never, like like they didn't remember the past hundred years, and it does and
1: to be fair, it, even even with the success now, you mentioned Michigan, Michigan state, this one matters just as much to each, even yes. though South Carolina is not necessarily claimed we get that, but it matters just as much to each
0: exactly now speaking of that, do you want to know what the nastiest rivalry is? Yes, I do just straight up nasty Mississippi, Mississippi state, the egg bowl they, what. What other.
1: makes the egg bowl so contentious?
0: Well, so the the guy that kind of found Hugh Freeze's phone calls, this guy named Steve Robertson, who is a a guy who works for the scout site that covers Mississippi State, avowed Mississippi you know Mississippi State fan. He put it very well in a story that Mark Slaybar wrote for ESPN.com. He said it's like the two runts of the litter fighting over the hind teat, basically. <laughs> that neither of them has had much success and the only thing they can ever brag about is who beat the other because they can't beat anybody else. <laughs> now that hasn't been the case in the last few years, but it is, you know, it might be the case again.
1: The egg bowl. That's a good Now, Michigan, Ohio state. Now there was, I mean, there, this was with, with Bo and Woody was like there. I mean, they would just put everything on it. And then we, we remember Trestle, at that prep rally, basically being like, he counted down the days, and then yep. he dominated. Cooper, dominated. you mentioned, couldn't beat Michigan. Right. That was his downfall, because he was a great coach outside of b- beating Everything Michigan. Everything but beating Michigan, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was like, literally, uh, they it, it could not beat Michigan. Um, but it meant so much. I mean, this was growing up where if you crossed over with Michigan plates on that weekend, you got pulled over and you got
0: a ticket. Yeah, and, and it's, there. They're more fun about it than Alabama and Auburn. I think Alabama and Auburn is is probably more serious. Michigan, Ohio State, they clearly are having fun with this. Like they they love that they hate each other, and I I think it's a fantastic rivalry. And yeah. I, I, Michigan needs to start winning some because it's 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 sort of moving into Florida Georgia territory now, where you know who's going to win. So what does it matter?
1: Wait, they won at the horseshoe last year. Oh. No. That's right. They did not. It was a great game though.
0: It was a great game.
1: Yes. That was an incredible game. All right, so I would imagine you're going to go Roll Tide War Eagle as number 1, right? Iron Bowl.
0: Yes. Not even not even it's really not close. Is it's it just, not
1: close between Michigan and Ohio State? Is it that? Michigan
0: and Ohio State's it, it's a great rivalry and and definitely everybody cares about it, but nobody cares about it as much as as Alabama and Auburn care about it. Two biggest it is, schools it, in the state. It is it is the reason for being, and when you win it, that's three hundred sixty four days of bragging rights, and and they will take advantage of it.
1: You've been, it, it, Does it matter w- what site each year? Like, is one more intense? Is it more in- intense at Tuscaloosa? Or is no,
0: because it... remember, for most of the time the game was played, it was played at Legion Field, right? So the the playing at the home sites is a relatively new development, but no, I, I think they're both equally intense i've been to to iron Bowls in both places and look they just hate each other with a passion there and and there's a big brother little brother thing going on there there's all every dynamic is at play ag school liberal arts school you name it and it's just it, it is everything a rivalry should be
1: Little ranking of the college football rivalries with Michigan, of course, playing Michigan State over the weekend. Michigan, this is going to be in Ann Arbor. Um, Michigan State right now, 10.5 point favorite. That defense is probably just licking its lips, just going to tee off on Michigan State.
0: Yeah, but what's Michigan's offense going to look like? That's the question. So John O'Korn's going to start. They definitely looked better the second half of that Purdue game with him, him at the controls. And that's sort of what we're watching for with Michigan. We know what Michigan's defense is. We know it's gonna be good. But they've got Penn State coming up. They obviously have Ohio State at the end of the season. Can they score enough? And if it looks like it did the first part of the season, then no, they can't score enough to, to beat a Penn State. But if O'Corn opens things up, if if he you know if he's a little more comfortable throwing the ball, if he cuts down on the interceptions, you know, Spate. Think about last year. Spate threw two pick sixes in the Ohio State game. Yep. I mean, that really was the difference. That of course it was. So, it wasn't like Ohio State was moving the ball off all right, I, I'm 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 going
1: to take you off track just a little bit because there is a report, and I, I don't know if inside your circles you've heard the same thing. When we talk about that buyout life and potentially some big jobs opening up, Bob Stoops is saying, I'm not going to be coaching ever again, whether it be college or pro. Is mm-hmm. that your understanding as well?
0: Well, I mean, that was what my understanding was when he said it originally, when he retired. I didn't think he would he would come back. I thought maybe, you know, if he spent a year away and and missed it maybe, but no, nah, he's just he's a different kind of guy. That's he you always thought he was going to be one that ended it early. Urban
1: Myers was Urban Meyer was having heart palpitations and was like I can never do anything ever. I need to see my family. Oh, Ohio State's open. Yes, please.
0: Nobody so, believed nobody believed it when
1: Oh, so Stoops is a believable dude and Meyer's not.
0: Yeah. Okay. As far as that goes. Fair enough. Place at the table. All
1: right. So as this pod drops, we're gonna have a pretty nice matchup on Thursday night, Mm -hmm. right? Number seventeen, Louisville at number twenty-four, NC State. NC State, if they and they dominated that game in, if they just if they beat South Carolina, we'd be looking at a really different season right now for NC State.
0: Yes, and and I think that loss to South Carolina is helping them lay in the weeds a little bit. Because top to bottom, they're probably better than Louisville. Louisville has the best player by far, though. And that's the question. This is how much can Lamar do? Because Lamar smoked NC State last year. Yeah. But this is in Raleigh. Raleigh's a tough place to play. It's a Thursday night. You know, I don't like road favorites. on. And actually, what does Vegas have this game as?
1: Louisville laying three and a half.
0: Yeah, see, I don't like road favorites on a Thursday night, especially when I don't think the team's better.
1: Yeah and we mentioned it in uh, last time we, we dropped one. It feels like Louisville put, gets on these Thursday night Thursday night games and we like it. I mean this is this is going to be an entertaining game. Oh, that's
0: right. Game. They played they played Houston
1: on a Thursday night last year. <laughs> Ooh,
0: that that's was right.
1: horrendous. Should be a good game though. And NC Should State's be. defense is pretty good. So I mean I like it, it, we know this. The Louisville offensive line is atrocious. Right. This this
0: feels like one that will take a superhuman effort from Lamar. That's what I mean. I think we're going to see a
1: lot of, like, this is going to be vintage if they do win Lamar.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. Clemson, Wake Forest. Are you concerned at all? Clemson's going to be obviously at Clemson and Lane 22. So are you concerned with Wake coming to town?
0: Not with them winning. You know, maybe with them covering if they get bored or something. And
1: we discussed this, you know, the Virginia Tech game was the final hump, especially with Florida State being so banged up and the trouble they're in. It should be clear sailing to the playoff right now for Clemson.
0: You would think unless unless Miami wins the Coastal and is somehow awesome. Like, we don't know how good Miami is yet because we haven't... They looked great at Duke last week. That was impressive the way they beat Duke. But... We still haven't seen that much, and and so they got Florida State this week. We'll see if they play. There's a freaking hurricane bearing down. Yeah. So, but but I do want to see if if Miami is that team because athletically they might be able to match up. But I, I just don't I don't know. There's anybody in the ACC that can match up athletically with Clemson. I'm not sure there's anybody in the country other than Alabama that can match up athletically with Clemson.
1: Yeah. Excited to get to that Miami Florida State game, but first let's go uh, Matt Campbell in Iowa State. Uh, off a of by Oklahoma, number three in the country. Uh, so that's going to be in Norman.
0: Yeah, not worried about that one. Not at all. No, Texas pretty much shut down Iowa State's offense. Now, the, they may score a little bit on Oklahoma's defense, but Oklahoma's going to score a ton.
1: All right, number four, Penn State. There was buzz around Northwestern coming into the year. I don't know if they it's,
0: hung with Wisconsin. They did hang with Wisconsin. Week, but then Wisconsin. You sort of put the put the pedal down. So I, I think Penn State's okay in this game, and then this gets them, you know, win this, get to the bye week, and then you have to worry about the uh, the slog
1: there's obviously the talk when Vandy was undefeated before playing Alabama of a potential final four uh it's not happening for Vandy this year and they're going to be hosting Georgia number five Georgia probably the hot you know if you just take away Alabama and Clemson the hottest team in the country right now is Georgia
0: they are and every time Notre Dame takes the field that win they have in South Bend looks even better
1: absolutely so
0: now (laughs) <laughs> I'm with Derek Mason on this. I, I don't think there's any mystery about who George is going to play a quarterback. Even though Kirby's okay, is so let's to make talk about that. We have
1: because <laughs> I mean, Eason obviously they have to go with Fromm the rest of the way. There's have no to. like they <laughs> have to. Is it
0: even a conversation? No, Eason will be transferring, and Fromm is your future. I mean, I don't know if he'll be transferring because what if Fromm gets hurt? Then Eason goes right back in. But right now, Fromm's your guy. That's funny you say
1: that because it's almost like what happened at, in at Maryland. Like Pickering was about to transfer, uh-huh. and then my man went down the the, the big four hill, yeah, yeah, to, to see him.
0: So then now whoever recovers quicker, that's the quarterback next year. Right. It's it's just crazy. I mean, it, it, it's strange if you're the backup at a major program, don't transfer because you could very well be the starter, you know, next week.
1: No, you got going with uh, on the road. His first, I mean, for, with Fromm, that's where you continue. You got going in South Bend. You've been nonstop since. It's not like his numbers have been crazy.
0: No, but but he seems to get a response out of the offense. You know, they seem to play well with him and for him. So and, and look, the defense is carrying that team most of the time anyway.
1: The, the one team that has been, obviously, Georgia has really saved the SEC as a conference, but the t- the team kind of outside looking in, quietly getting their business done. We talked about it last time as well, Auburn. Yep. Uh, number 12 I, right now.
0: Everybody laughs at me when I say that the, the key to Auburn's turnaround was not playing Clemson anymore. Like, <laughs> isn't this common sense? Every game they played that
1: wasn't Clemson, they've been just fine. Yeah. Yeah, and that would be Virginia Tech's key, and that would be Louisville's key. That would right. be a lot of... Might even be Alabama's key
0: again. Exactly. And it, that's the part that just... It, it amazes me. No no one seems to put that together. Like, yes, they sucked against Clemson on offense, but everyone sucks against Clemson on offense.
1: Yeah, and Auburn's got a really good defense, a little consistency out of Stidham. They're going to host... Oh,
0: so do you know who leads the SEC in... Least yards per play allowed. Um, Auburn. It is Auburn. <laughs> Auburn. Auburn leads the SEC. Then Georgia. Then Alabama. Yeah, slackers. Alabama. So no, no problems with Ole Miss. I don't. I don't think so.
1: Who's gonna co- Who's gonna be the head coach at Ole Miss next year?
0: That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think Neil Brown made a nice case for himself with Troy beating LSU last week. Uh, I think Frank Wilson has made a nice case for himself at, at UT San Antonio. Uh, he was a former ace recruiter at LSU, so he knows knows how to recruit in the SEC. What kind so, of coach
1: gets hired at Ole Miss? Are uh, ties very important?
0: No, it, and it, it, recruiting is important, and that's why those two are, are guys that will be looked at very closely. And also, you don't know what's going to happen with the NCAA case. I mean, the the more harsh the penalty, the lo- the lesser name the coach. Now, they're still going to get some good candidates because they can pay a ton. But if they add the second year of bowl ban, which I'm assuming they will, then the upperclassmen can transfer. There aren't a lot of established coaches that are going to want to go there even if they're paying a ton of money. So it's going to, it's going to need to be a guy making a fairly big jump, which Neil Brown and, and Frank Wilson both fit the bill on that.
1: So is it going to have kind of the same vibe with Missouri when they just promoted Odom? Is it going to have one of those under the radar, not really making waves
0: vibes as a hire? No, I think people who know what's up, if, if it's, if it's either the two guys I mentioned, I think people who, who've who been following the sport will be very impressed with that hire.
1: The question is, can they even get them with what's well, about to happen? It,
0: exactly. It, it kind of depends on what other jobs open because if enough jobs open, you're right. Frank Wilson and Neil Brown could be out off the table. They could be gone by that point.
1: Next game, number twenty-three, West Virginia at number eight TCU, Sports Illustrated. You can go to SI.com. I read a wonderful story by you about my man Gary Patterson. When did you go there? Last week. Fort were you went to Fort Worth last week?
0: Yeah, I was I was at Baylor, Oklahoma, and then I went to Fort Worth. I went to Austin. The next day, I went to Fort Worth the day after that.
1: Okay, so uh, TCU, a 6-7 team last year after, uh, what, 2014 going 12-1. and one. Mm-hmm. But before we get into this West Virginia matchup, let's back up a little bit. What's up? Help us understand Gary Patterson.
0: It's funny because every time jobs come open, everybody's like, well, I don't they hire Gary Patterson. Yes. Because Gary Patterson's in the perfect place for Gary Patterson. He does not need to leave. TCU is the ideal spot for him.
1: He's been there forever.
0: He's got to play. He can control it. He's got his own fiefdom. You know, he pretty much runs the show there. And there's not a ton of scrutiny. There's not a ton of spotlight. And if, and when there is spotlight, he can, he can sort of manage it like he did last week and, and this week. You know, they got game day coming in. Everybody wants it. And he's just like, nah, we're just going to do, keep doing what we're doing.
1: And part of what he does, and if you like college football, you follow it, you've seen this, but he throws together a purple food pyramid.
0: <laughs> basically. Now, he, say, he he says he's basically copying John Wooden. Which, right. Which, you know, John Wooden's pyramid has character traits on it. It's it's not the same deal, but uh, yeah, he does a pyramid and the, the non-conference games with the bottom and the conference home games, conference road games, and then you know, conference championship, that sort of thing, playoff. And so you, you color in, you know, a sliver of purple every time you win a game. And so he, he, they covered it in a little tiny sliver for Oklahoma state. And I think they did that on purpose. They didn't want to, they didn't want to make it too big because they didn't want to like, they didn't want to make that, that achievement look too big because they do have to turn around and play West Virginia. West Virginia can beat you. I mean, the the thing about a lot of Big Twelve games, and and especially when you when you have air raid on air raid, which is what this game is, the team that forces the most turnovers wins the game. It doesn't matter who's better. Follow up on Gary Patterson. W-
1: what's he like?
0: He's he's a football coach. He's uh, I'm in control. This is my place. I'm going to do what I want to do. Uh, you know, he has very definite ideas about how how his program should be run, how the sport should be run, and that's the sort of thing when you've been at a place as long as he has. He's been, I believe he's been at the school 21 years. I think he's been the head coach for, this is his 18th year as the head coach. So he he's he's so established that he he, pretty much is in control of everything there.
1: And known as a, a defensive, you know, d- defensive genius. Right. Can he? But there's no so there's no pull from another. pro. If Tennessee opens up, it's not it's not he's not going anywhere.
0: He would hate it there. It would be awful for him. Nah, it, it, he's in. So he's the about to fit for him. So yeah. this
1: is a perfect fit for him.
0: Yeah, he's in the perfect job right now. And you know, he says that recruiting's getting a little easier since they've been in the Big Twelve. There, there are guys that they never would have had a chance with before. That they feel like they've got chances with now, they feel like they can they can compete in the Big 12 just like anybody else. And you know, to get to that point, he had to scrap his offensive philosophy. You know, he, he was he was of the mind when he got to the Big 12, we're not going to go up tempo, we're not going to let our defense get worn out, and it didn't work. And so after two years in the Big 12 of of that not working, he went air raid and it's and it worked and they almost made the playoffs. So. He understands he's not so married to his own defensive genius or his own uh, ideas about how football should be played that that he's not going to... Change when he knows it can help his team win.
1: He may not be married to that, but you are married to your wife. But I still want you to answer this question. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're watching a SEC football game and they and they show the crowd and they show a bunch of hot uh-huh. chicks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, did, did, does it seem when you visit Fort Worth, just uh, doing research, that there is a preponderance of, of beautiful women there? Because oh, yeah, whenever no. I well, why when I watch TCU and they go to the crowd, is it unbelievable?
0: They they use the percentage female population at their university as a recruiting tool it's over 60% female I, I knew there was something going on because anytime yeah. I watch TCU the crowd is just oh unreal. no and they put they put their dance team where they put them for a reason so the opposing team just sits there and watches the dance team the dance team isn't on the field they are on so there, there's you know the bleachers go up but they're on the first four rows of bleachers and there are no seats. It's just flat concrete, and they just stand there and and shake what their mamas gave them. Yeah, and the opposing team cannot help but look. Yeah, but and you know everybody thinks SMU is the place to find all the beautiful rich chicks, but I think TCU is probably about the same deal. You know, basically the state of Texas, isn't it? Well, and it, it, it's both schools have you know the student. Bodies at TCU and at SMU are coming from fairly high income families. And so, it, whether it's the male or the female population, but that's sort of the, the reputation they've both got. Yeah. Every time I watch TCU, it's just bougie but, ass blondes looking but, good. But es- it's weird because SMU gets more of the national reputation of that, but everybody in Texas knows TCU is kind of the same deal. You mentioned it. Can we touch on SMU
1: just for a second? Just because uh, Dabo's old assistant is there. Chad Morris. After what June Jones was there for a while. Mm -hmm. And then Chad Morris comes in. I believe an old high school coach that was innovative offensively before he joined Dabo's staff, if I'm correct. Right. Now it's working out for what working out means at SMU. Is he going to be on the radar? Yes, he will. For other jobs. Oh, yeah. Look, wasn't he wait, right about that with the high school
0: thing? Wasn't he like he was. a brilliant offensive mind in high school? That's he, where he he was. Now he he had one year in college before okay. Dabo got him. I believe he went. He was at Tulsa for a year, but yeah, no. Dabo will tell you he he knew he was taking a risk hiring Chad Morris when he did because you know Dabo was about to get fired when he hired Chad Morris, but hmm. yeah, Morris coached at, at you know couple different high schools in texas the two biggies were stevenville which was the place art briles had coached earlier uh and then lake travis which is a big high school in austin and he gets hired at tulsa's the oc in 2010 and then Dabo, you know desperate to save his job and looking for an offense that will be a shock to the system in the acc hires chad morris and all of a sudden he takes off now he inherited an absolute dumpster fire at SMU. Right. June Jones basically just gave up on recruiting. So the fact that that Chad Morris has won as many games as he has, and they're, they're four and one right now. Um,
1: yeah, that's incredible.
0: It is it, it is unbelievable. The one loss is to TCU. They were in the game for about a half, and then TCU kind of turned on the afterburners. But yeah, the, the, he absolutely will get a get a look. You know. If a and m can't land a huge name, don't be shocked if he winds up there
1: or a little conspiracy, maybe he waits for Dabo to go to Alabama and then he slides Dabo going in. to
0: Alabama. Dabo is not going to Alabama
1: do you breaking news or
0: no i I've said this for years. He's not going.
1: He was asked recently, and he said you never know
0: he's not going okay Klinsen hey David gave, gave him a shot. That's where he's set up that's where he's put down roots. He's not going.
1: By the way, check out that piece in SI about Gary. A lot of it's about pimp my office, about his office just getting <laughs> pimped out, Gary Patterson. Which is weird because he's not a pimped office I know, kind of guy. No, he's a sweating kind of guy. He's he sweating
0: right, exactly. He's a you know, he'd rather be watching like the inside seven on seven drill. That's all he wants to do.
1: Quick, name three coaches from the Urban Meyer coaching tree.
0: Dan Mullen. Tom Herman, uh, Kyle Whittingham.
1: Those are three very good ones. And you miss DJ Durkin, I who think. will be at the horseshoe with a look, what he's done after. Homeboy rolled out and went to connect. Well, he got fired and then went to back to Connecticut. Mm-hmm. What he's done going into Minnesota, row the effing boat and right. beating that Minnesota team was undefeated at the with, time with, 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 with a, third a third string quarterback. String quarterback. quarterback. Yes. Yeah, we just mentioned uh Pigram and, and Hill, they used a third and they dominated that game.
0: They did now, they also got smoked by UCF, so let's not go crazy. So, everybody's getting smoked by UCF. Right? I mean, but... No, I was looking at the schedule. So, UCF's game against Georgia Tech got canceled because of the hurricane. It's entirely possible UCF and USF are undefeated when they play in November. That'd be...
1: That's going to be awesome. And then that'll be Scott Frost's last game as a UCF coach.
0: I would think so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, this one, not going to be any issues, right? But, Marilyn, I just... I wanted to give props to DJ Durkin, who obviously part of the Meyer tree. Then he went and coached... No. Uh,
0: oh, wait. If... if if Frost wins that game and then they go to the American Championship game, then he would have one more game.
1: That One more. Pardon me. Durkin then went and ran the defense for Harbaugh at Michigan. Um, and and really, it, it's such a fertile recruiting ground. We always feel like Maryland with the Under Armour money could be a really good job and maybe he does do something there.
0: Yeah, no, I think he could. And in, in the way he's recruited, you know, supposedly his, his recruiting class last year was very good. You think he can keep that up. Now, Fuente being good at Virginia Tech doesn't help. That was, it, there was an opportunity there because Virginia Tech, Virginia, and, and Maryland all turn over at once. Maryland could have kind of jumped in if Virginia Tech had made a bad hire, but Virginia Tech did not make a bad hire. No. No, they didn't. Fuente's fantastic. And I, that's another guy people might throw money at this.
1: this I'm, I'm telling you, I think he's going to. Now, I don't know what you consider Virginia Tech as far as the Pantheon. As far, would he leave if he's got good recruits coming in? There's a lot of layers. But he's going to get offered a bigger it's, job yeah, eventually. It,
0: it's not a slam dunk that you would leave. But they don't have the resources that, that some of these schools have. So it would be very hard to keep him if you're them.
1: Like it's Tennessee. Where would you put Tennessee in that
0: job at pantheon? Well, What echelon? It, it sort of depends on what you're looking for. In terms of competitiveness, I think Virginia Tech's an easier job if you want to win a major conference title. Tennessee's a hard job. Like,
1: for Ten- example, let me, let me qualify. If LSU is a 10 and Georgia is a 10, which they are because you can just yeah. recruit the states, and respectively, what would Tennessee be?
0: Six or a seven. Okay. I mean, they can pay a fortune. And that makes up for, for a lot, especially in, in coaches' minds. But it's a hard job because you don't have a huge in state recruiting base and you've got to play Alabama every year. If Georgia's good, if Florida's good, you're really looking at best at being third unless you can just get a transcendent quarterback or, or you are a just complete stud recruiter.
1: I thought you did a good job explaining, and I'm almost to that point where I think it's, pr- it's pretty much Butch is going to be back for another year. I don't think so. You don't think so?
0: No, I think he'll be fired. I thought there. you it's made a
1: great case as to why he would be if he got the nine wins. He ain't getting the nine wins, not, Excuse though. me, eight wins, but then also a bowl win? No, he's not getting the eight wins. I mean, where, that, wait, Hold on. Where are they at right now?
0: They're at three and two.
1: Okay. And, but you, you, So you've broken down the schedule and you already know what's going to happen here.
0: No, I just know if they play like they did on offense against Georgia, they're going to lose more than that. But here's
1: a number that matters, and you brought it up. Six, top six recruiting class as we sit here right now yeah, on they, October already had 4th. They've a guy
0: transfer. They've got guys decommitting. If they lose another game that is not Alabama, because look, they're supposed to lose to Alabama. That's People understand that. But if they lose to South Carolina, if they lose to Kentucky, if they lose to Missouri, if they lose to, to Vanderbilt – any of those lsu is a little different animal too but they do play lsu this year that's when the recruits will start jumping ship because remember every school that recruits against tennessee is already telling those guys butch is not coming back you need to come flip to us
1: right kind of like well kiffin employed some weird strategies in knoxville as well yes he did mainly telling people you're going to pump gas if you go to south carolina
0: and, and Alshon Jeffrey, as far as I know, has yet to pump any gas. We 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 like to mix in. unless he, unless he's putting it in his Ferrari that he owns because he's a very good. NFL receiver.
1: Yeah, and he was a pretty good college receiver as well. Yeah. The uh, okay, so this game we we do our picks, but here's tell me why you would ever lay three with Florida and why you wouldn't just expect LSU to go to Florida, go to the swamp, and just beat them straight up. Like this is the perfect scenario I, I, for I'm, LSU to beat I'm Florida. I'm picking
0: LSU because because all the expectations tell you to pick Florida, and. But to look at who's coming back for LSU, look at who's out for Florida. Tyree Cleveland's out. He's got an ankle injury, uh, he rolled it, tried to play, hurt it again, so he's out. That's Felipe Franks's security blanket mm-hmm. gone. All, and LSU gets Darius Geis back. you know they get they get some defensive players back that they didn't have. So perfect Richard Lawrence comes back. you know that's a guy they, they've absolutely need. That's Edward Jones' favorite defensive player who's been sort of in and out of the lineup with, with injuries this year. So they need you know they, they need to actually run the offense that they hired Matt Cannon to run. That, that's true. but Florida's defense is not what it was. It's still pretty good, but it's not nearly as dominant as it was the last two years. No they can score on them. And it's really going to be up to can they force some turnovers from Florida's offense. Because Florida's offense has looked better in the past couple weeks. And I I hope so. I know. It couldn't get much worse. But I think Florida will be able to run the ball against most teams they play. And nothing LSU has shown this year suggests that they're going to be particularly stout against the run. So Florida's going to get some points. But if you can force Franks into a position where he has to throw... And his favorite receiver's not there, you can force some turnovers. And that's what LSU has to do. I'm picking LSU in the game. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like everything went so negative so fast, and we probably overreacted.
1: By the way, that that Vandy team that when that, that there's no chance the last two years those de- those defenses of Florida would have allowed oh, Vandy, Vandy to move the ball. Oh, Vandy would never have scored. They wouldn't have even. Yeah. And they were th- they were running the ball. They were throwing the. I mean, they were moving the ball through the air. Like Vandy was getting up and down on Florida. So this is different defense in the last two right. years.
0: For a while, and and the reason that stopped actually is because Florida controlled the ball offensively in the third quarter. You know, Vandy only ran like six or seven plays in the third quarter.
1: Yeah. But so, I, mostly first half, when I was watching in the first half, yeah, because
0: no, they were moving it, they were throw, they were they were hitting passes. You know, you couldn't hit deep balls on Florida last year.
1: No, no, you're right. Okay, so yes, yeah, so we both would say, I mean, it's a perfect spot for LSU too. So needed after Detroit now, loss, and
0: if Florida comes out and just crushes LSU, then you start having. Start asking some hard questions at that point.
1: Yeah, but you pretty much guaranteed, not not just because of the buyout, but because of the you just don't want to. I think li- yeah, I
0: think they'd have to lose every game for that for for them to fire him. I I, I think he's going to be okay.
1: There's a lot of you know, it's too much. Now let me ask you this: as far as Ogeron's contract, who were they bidding against to give him that buyout? Like, That's the thing. Why would so, he receive? I was just
0: thinking about that. Why would so he get such a big buyout? Orgeron's agent would probably tell you that he got the big buyout because you can't recruit if you have no buyout cuz what opposing coaches would say is look at his contract they hired him to fire him he's got there there's no security there now if you're Joe Oliva the AD what you should say is we understand you're saying that because you want a large buyout we know you don't need one because no one else wants you as a head coach. So you're going to take what we give you and be happy with it. That's what Joe Oliva could have said, but clearly did not. He's like, oh, well, maybe you're right about that. And, and the, here's the other part of it. If you're Joe Oliva, it's no skin off your nose to, to give him that buyout because if he gets fired, you're getting fired too. So you're not going to have to worry about paying the buyout.
1: Right, right. You, but you, there's just no way a, a proud program like that is going to admit a mistake like this. There's just so soon, especially in your SIPs covered it perfectly. There was so much that was sold on this hire. A Louisiana native, uh, well, the, the, the dream part, job.
0: The part that's the problem is the main selling point was I have learned from my mistakes at Ole Miss. I am going to hire coordinators and let those guys do their jobs. And then... You get to the Troy game, and he's not letting the offensive coordinator do his job. They're actually running last year's offense, and that's how you score zero points in the first half against Troy. That is a lesson that you should not have had to learn as the head coach at LSU. You should have already known that. Now, he's saying all the right things this week. We'll see when they get in the heat of the action on Saturday— Does he stick to that?
1: He's meddling, and we talked about this. Children may change; grown ass adults just don't change. And I can't. This is why it's almost. And you mentioned he was meddling from the from kickoff last week. No, before the kickoff. Before the kickoff, because during the the week. He literally just told Annie Staples in Sports Illustrated. He did a piece. I mean, that was a Warren piece of pieces on Ogeron. And he said, I've learned my lesson. Lesson kind, not even kind of well, learned.
0: And, and that's the thing. He specifically said that's the thing he that <laughs> really screwed up at Ole Miss that he would never, ever do again.
1: Yeah, not so much. Um, 1A or 1B, Alabama- Gonna go take on Texas A and M. Texas A and M after obviously the di- disaster in week one. Now four and one, um, but they're let, not as good as Alabama. Let,
0: let, let's remember what Texas A and M's records were before facing Alabama in the last three years, and that would be six and zero, five and zero, and five and zero. And those didn't work out well. Not so much. Yeah, you know, just. It's
1: the offense isn't that quarterback play. It's just not, this is not, it's not a good recipe to take it on an Alabama team. By the way, once they got in conference, they got pissed off.
0: Yeah. It's like they're trying to prove something every time they take the field. And when Nick Saban gets up and says that Texas A&M should give them the same problems that the the (laughs) the other teams they played have given, is that his nice way of saying we're going to win this game by 60?
1: Yeah.
0: I I just, I, it, that doesn't sound like a compliment when when you've won your last two games sixty six to three and fifty nine to nothing.
1: Yeah, that's gonna get ugly. By the way, that number is twenty six and a half at a And M. Alabama's laying to what twenty six and a half? Obviously, it's a big number. Sounds like you'd lay it.
0: I'd probably lay it. I'd probably take Alabama. That's wild. I'd, I'd probably take Alabama in thirty.
1: All right, don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but Lincoln, I don't know. Do you feel a little bit... How about Riley rallying the troops two wins after the AD gets fired? Not not Lincoln Riley, but Mike Riley. No, in Mike Lincoln, Riley yes. in Lincoln. That's right. Um, Wisconsin's coming to town. Yeah, so I think they, that
0: probably ends. They have two wins. One was in a way more competitive than it should have been game against Rutgers in Lincoln. The other one was a, a pretty handy win over Illinois in Champaign. Which, I mean, look, Illinois is not good. Literally the two worst teams in the Big Ten. Literally, yes. And now Wisconsin comes in. Now, Riley's teams the, the past two years have played Wisconsin really tight. And Wisconsin, against everybody else, has been quite a bit better. You know, other than you know, maybe Ohio State or Michigan. But against everybody else in the West has been quite a bit better. I just, I, I, This will be an interesting litmus test. If they continue to play them tight, great. That's that's a good sign for Mike Riley. If they just get blown off the off the field, I, I don't see how it how it continues. We
1: know Paul Chris; he can expect a very pleasant and conciliatory handshake after the game. It's going to be oh, a yeah. really
0: nice handshake. It's going to be a lovely handshake. One, you know, firm grip, one pump, eye contact. Oh, eye contact, not, like you read about. But but not trying to to grip too hard because that's just being a show off.
1: Paul, you really had the boys prepared. What a program. I'm proud of you.
0: Thanks, Mike. Great guy. That's not what Mike's going to say. I don't think at that. No. Well, I think think Paul's going to be nice. Well, well, Mike Riley's the nicest guy in college football. So he'll be, he'll be nice about it. But I I just, oh, if they get blown out, because now their next two games, I, I mean, I don't know. It, It just doesn't get any easier for them.
1: And Wisconsin, by the way, another reason, as we talked about in our last podcast, another reason uh, that the Big Ten is just so head and shoulders above any other conference right now on the planet because Wisconsin, number nine in the country, and that's not even the tough division.
0: Right. And now the SEC East might have one of those in Georgia now, but like the last couple of years, the SEC East didn't have that and and the Big 10 West did has had Wisconsin. Has
1: had Wisconsin, that's right. You know,
0: they or they had Iowa a couple of years ago that had a r- really great year. But Wisconsin has been good year after year after year. Which will make at least make Atlanta interesting
1: for once. Oh, the SEC thing? Yeah, SEC Championship you, game. You would think maybe
0: (laughs) all right so i I want to know the way alabama is crushing people
1: i want to get to uh, i want to ask you i'm going to hold off on, on miami florida state there is just a couple more here to go over do you think stanford is headed to utah tough environment tough place to play fun place to watch on tv always utah um stanford by the way i believe is a wait what's the number on this i think stanford's
0: favored so, are we sure Utah is any good? Utah should have lost Arizona. Exactly. That's why I asked the question. I don't think we know anything about Utah yet. So, I I, I also think since Sanford made KJ Costello the starter now, I don't know if he's going to continue being the starter. Because apparently Keller Chris is back practicing this week. But they sure look better when he's the starter. Um, now, that be competition. And Bryce Love, by the way, is... Just putting up Nintendo yeah. numbers and might break a Barry Sanders record. This yeah, year. well,
1: the, it's now Saquon and Bryce. We had a year of the quarterback, right? And now those yeah. two are head and shoulders. Yeah. yeah, this I, I I assume this game would be a pick 'em, but st- is it Stanford favored by five and a half? Wow, that's yeah, big number. They're giving five and that- a half. Isn't that a wild number? This it's a might big have big number on the road. Might have something to do with what Bryce did with the 300. 25 attempts over three hundred yards but I, but last I think, week.
0: I think Bryce is going to have his hardest time against this Utah defense. Like this will probably be his worst game, and then he'll turn around and gain seven million yards against Oregon.
1: I can't believe they're favored by five and a half.
0: It does seem big. Seems like a weird. I wouldn't think, that, Wouldn't this just be a pick'em? I would think so. I, I'm still picking Stanford to win the game, but that, seem, that seems high.
1: Yeah, that seems weird. All right, let's talk. Let's do this Miami at Florida State. Miami, 13th ranked team in the country. What's fascinating is we are talking to a, a, a big audience, a big part of this audience that Andy doesn't even remember Miami playing in a big game.
0: I know. It's Can so you imagine? And, and so this game... Was the game when I was a kid. Huge. The game. Like Bobby Bowden against whether it was Jimmy Johnson or Craig Erickson or Butch Davis, it didn't matter. It was the best collection of athletes against the best collection of athletes. Swag versus swag, you name it. The hitting in this game back in the day was just unbelievable. And it hasn't been like that because it's been lopsided. And Miami needs to win to make it a rivalry again. I think this might be the, the they finally do it.
1: Now, let me ask you, almost like the LSU spot, this almost seems like the perfect spot for Florida State. Blackman, a couple games under his belt. But Rogier's playing really well at quarterback for Miami. They have
0: like four or five guys that can catch the ball. And that defense is awesome. It is. And I'm just not sure about FSU's offense yet. I think Blackman's going to be good. But I, I just don't know if he's ready yet, especially playing against. You know, he, he struggled against a, a, a very good defensive line in NC State. Miami's is just about as good.
1: So you think my so Miami right now laying a field goal at Florida State? It it appears. It sounds like you you would pick Miami. I am picking Miami. So they're legit.
0: I I think so. I mean. Let's see, who'd they unless, be? They, Duke just laid... The, the only team they've really beaten is at Duke. Is
1: at Duke, because
0: previous... I'm trying to think. They played Bethune-Cookman, then they had games canceled. and Right,
1: because so, they played one less game than everybody as well. Right. So, But the Duke... You know, the Duke win was... I mean, it is on the road. The Duke win was impressive. That's what I was going to say. It's on yeah. the road. Cutcliffe has done an amazing job with that program. And the reason it was more impressive is because Miami
0: dominated. But, right. It was never in doubt. So that's why I, I just feel like this is their year. Now it'll be, you know, hopefully, the storm moves somewhere else and they can actually play the game. I'm a little worried about that right now. By the way, is that is it Nate? Nate? Is, is there a legit? Not Nathan.
1: Nate. I, I'm. I feel so awful. Even I'm not making fun in any way. But is there legit another hurricane coming toward Florida?
0: That there is, and, and now it, it it was a tropical depression as of today. They think it. Will strengthen to a Category One by the time it makes landfall, and Tallahassee's in the cone, so
1: that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Now I I don't know how strong it is. If it's if it makes landfall as a Category One, it's probably not going to be a ton of damage. But you still have to do a storm surge and all kind not now not in Tallahassee, but on in the coastal areas, you have to deal with storm surge and all kinds of bad stuff. So hopefully it, it you know just sort of peters out or you know hits the Yucatan Peninsula and breaks up, but it doesn't sound like that's what's going to happen. All right, do you have one quickly? Anything that stands
1: out as far as a mailbag question, a theme that's been coming in to Andy Staples. Remember, you can hit us up, you can email us, place at the tablepot at gmail.com. Is there a mailbag question that stood out to you, Andy Staples? Well, the one
0: that's interesting to me is is what's the early signing period going to do in terms of coaches getting hired and fired? You know, how's it going to change when coaches get fired? And the the person asked who asked me said, "Is it going to inspire more midseason firings?" And there aren't a bunch of midseason firings. No, hardly anybody waits till the end of the season anymore. Right. So but but there're two ways to go with this early signing period. So basically, you can sign high school players in mid-December this year. So you have two options. You fire you know, fire the guy 2 or 3 weeks earlier than you would have so you have all your ducks in a row and you can hire the new guy basically hours after his last game and have him on the road recruiting because you get he's got to immediately go on the road recruiting. Or you make the window as tight as possible between when you fire the guy and when you hire the new guy. Texas last year is a prime example of this. Six and a half hours elapsed between the official announcement of the firing of Charlie yeah. Strong and the hiring of Tom Herman.
1: That's a great point by you. So,
0: But now here's the thing. If you've got a good recruiting class, I'd say you wait to pull the trigger. And, and this is what we talked about with Tennessee. But as soon as that recruiting class starts to fall apart, that's when you do it. And to reiterate, you're fully in on Bush
1: is going to get that buyout. I, I think so. I was getting I, the impression on Sunday when we spoke that you weren't all in No, I
0: was explaining why he wasn't getting fired that day. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And, and now, I, there is a chance, but they have to have a turnaround that just doesn't seem possible right now. So it, it, if they can have this amazing miracle turnaround, then sure. But if the offense continues to be what it has been, I cannot imagine them winning enough games to keep him. All right, Andy, it is week six.
1: When we review week six, what are the headlines? What are we going to be talking about? Something that's going to stand out here. For example.
0: All right. I think LSU is not the disaster we thought it was. That's because, that? that's because you love
1: Creole and you want to go do another piece on Ed. You're gonna do a piece about the piece, the piece before it, and then you're gonna do a piece about how he said that he wasn't gonna meddle, and you're gonna do a piece about not meddling again. Pretty much, yeah. You're gonna meddle, you've, you've it. by doing another piece. But I am. This
0: meddling piece is gonna be about how he really isn't meddling this time. Exactly. Hmm. You've you figured? You know, this is like Inception. Yeah, this is like I think my,
1: my head hurts after that. Ed Ogeron might seem like an old school rudimentary coach, but he's really the Da Vinci code.
0: He's he's very layered. Yes. No, I, I I just think if they let Matt Canada run his offense, if Darius Geis is feeling okay and not not still dinged up, if Richard Lawrence is really back and, and isn't dinged up. They have a very good chance of winning this game.
1: Are we going to write a headline, Will Greer goes nuts and West Virginia beats TCU?
0: I don't think so. But again, like I said earlier in the show, at this point, when you have two pretty good Big 12 teams playing each other, the team that forces the most turnovers wins. It does not matter which one's actually better.
1: I can't find it. If you want to call LSU an upset, go for it. If you want to call Florida State at home beat Miami an upset, go for it. But... I can't
0: find an upset in week six. Unless it's Michigan State beating Michigan. Michigan. That's not oh, happening. Oh my goodness. Tear it all down. People would go insane. I mean, do kids even know Larry Coker? Shout out to Larry Coker.
1: The, the <laughs> first, like, you know what I mean? It's like you don't have to go back to... It's
0: Erickson Patrick, or Johnson. Patrick, Patrick, yes. 2001.
1: 2001.
0: 16 years ago.
1: Yeah, and these kids need to grow up faster so yeah, they kid, can remember what these Miami days have was no about. No clue. No clue. <laughs> yeah, I don't see a ton of upsets here, Week Six. But that's why when we do the review show, we'll say, "Didn't <laughs> see al- that
0: coming." That's always the weeks
1: that they're the most upset. That's when. Yeah, we're gonna have a ton of upsets. <laughs> All right, Andy, uh,
0: enjoy. it Where are you going? I. W- y- you've already you've already pegged me. Y- you know exactly where I'm going. Hmm. Did I really ask you already? No, you just said what I'm gonna write. Oh, that's <laughs> you could be hanging out with Ed in Florida. Like, like, I'm, pro- I'm probably writing. F- uh, I'm probably writing LSU win or lose. So lose will be an interesting story because if they have the same problems they had against Troy, then I'm not sure if anything's fixable.
1: Back to the swamp again for Staples. All right, enjoy enjoy the weekend and we'll be back with a review pod dropping on sunday night monday morning uh don't forget to download subscribe itunes stitcher google play all that you can give andy a follow on twitter at andy underscore staples to follow him follow us on twitter at p-a-t-t podcast last words for you staples
0: it's (laughs) not going to be as long as the last in order on a story
1: (laughs) but it's going to be
0: i probably won't eat any gumbo in the in the process it's going to be no, a. This c- is a road game, though.
1: Yeah, this time you're not going to stop by his mom's house to get no. his backstory on how he meddled as a child. <laughs> and and then, that meddled as a child. And then stop by his high school and say, "Was he a meddler? Do you get the impression he's the type of guy that can learn on the fly?"
0: When their offense looks like Pittsburgh's did last year, and it's the, the purest distillation of the Matt Canada offense, and they win this game. You'll have much crow to eat, sir. You know much who, you know
1: who g- generally tends to meddle less? Dudes in their late 50s. <laughs> they, ge- <laughs> they generally don't say, You know what? hasn't been working out for me. He, he, the, uh, Ogeron got here because he's meddled. It's have, just in his wiring. You have
0: no faith in humanity that people can change. You got
1: to dap him up, though, and say, If I could change, and you could change... We all can change. Here's all you need, Yo Adrian. We did it. You've never seen that movie, have you? It, it, nice work. It, y'all, what is that, Rocky? S- s- all you have to do four. is all Rocky you have to four. do is when you see Ed, just dap him up and say, "Listen." it's gonna turn around and i appreciate you because as journalism and the landscape of just coverage changes you keep me employed ed you keep me employed so while you may lose your employment i want to thank you for the pieces in the past and i won't meddle in your business anymore i just want to say thank you how many times
0: are you gonna say meddle?
1: shout to meddling shout to annie staples place at the table podcast